my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. everyone, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you the next episode in the Good Girls and Bad Boys series. Yes, we're going to meet Bobby. Last week we met Pete, from. he was the lead singer of the Funky Tongues. Turned out to be not a good guy. And in this episode, we meet Bobby. In Season 8, Episode 3, Making Out is Hard to Do. Which is a play on Breaking Up is Hard to Do, a song. This episode aired October 11th, 1994. I would have been 12. In this episode... Stephanie arrives at Gia's party to discover that the other kids have more advanced games in mind for the evening. Alright, this episode has a 7.0 out of 10 based on 238 ratings. Let's take... Oh, yeah! Oh, my gosh, that's right! Barry Williams is in this episode! This is when... Barry and the Rippers is formed. We never hear about it after this episode, but yeah, we get Barry Williams playing himself. We also get the return of Gia. Oy. We have David Rupert. I can't even pronounce that. As TV announcer. Oh, that's right. This is where, I think this might be where Jesse has a weird dream where he's married to He's running, like, an auto mechanic shop, and he's balding. He's wearing a blue mechanic's jumpsuit. He's apparently married to Kimmy, who's dressed like Peg Bundy for Married with Children. Uh, we also have, we get to meet Gia's mom in this episode, who has, I believe, maybe one other episode and there's an episode where she's mentioned. It's the Valentine's Day one. So we have Andrea Abate, Abate as Claire Mahan. Let's see. She's been in a handful of things. Oh, two episodes. Yep, yep. Let's see. That's not the kid. Gold. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Is it? Uh, there's a sh she was on like a episode of the Tony Danza show. Oh my gosh, another Full House reference on this Tony Danza show. Michelle Nicastro, who played Roxana from the Sea Cruise episode Jesse's Old Flame and uh, R.I.P. was apparently in this show. She's listed as a cast member. I mean, this Tony Danza show, it's got only 14 episodes, but there's a slew of familiar faces here. And uh, also, the, this lady, Andrea Abbott, uh, she also 
is a writer. She wrote for a Fox or ABC family show called Young and Hungry. She wrote six episodes. Oh, she wrote on uh, the Tony Danza show and produced. Okay. So she wasn't actually on the show. She just wrote and produced uh, a handful of episodes. Okay, gotcha. She was also in six episodes of The Office from 1995. And playing Bobby San is Kevin Connors, who the only notable thing I can see on here that he had done would be he played Bud in the 1998 Pleasantville before Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon jump, spoiler alert, jump into the TV screen via this remote that is given to them by Don Knotts. <coughs> and they replace Bud and I don't know who Mary Sue was played by, but that is, Pleasantville is such a good movie. I just, I love it so much. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick, and writers for this episode, we do have Jeff Franklin, the creator. We got Carolyn Omine, O-M-I-N-E. Well, it is about Stephanie. You gotta have a woman's touch in there. You gotta have, have a lady with that. So, alright, let's see if we got any user reviews. We have one by Taylor Kingston. Gives it a 6 out of 10. The one with a makeout party. Warning spoilers. This is from May 16th. Whoopsie, I hit a button here. This is from May 16th, 2016. I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't amazing, but it was certainly worth watching. In this episode, Stephanie is invited to a party at Gia's house. Only house. She lives in an apartment. See, I that is just a gripe to me when someone says something... Like, don't mess up the house or something like, you live in an apartment. It's not a house. Please. Yeah. But that, and then again, that's just my own personal gripe. That's just me. Only to discover that the other people there have different ideas of fun. Instead of a fun game like Twister, it's a makeup party. And Stephanie doesn't, whether the, doesn't know whether to play into the game or keep her lips to herself. Meanwhile, Jesse has trouble adjusting to the idea of who the new lead singer of the Rippers is. Best part of the episode, nothing in particular. Worst part of the episode, nothing in particular. Overall, I give this episode a 6 out of 10, which in my ratings book is good. Do we have any trivia? Yes, Gia's apartment is Steve's old apartment in older episodes. Well, since we only see Gia's place once, and we see Steve's place at least twice that I know of, when he gets the apartment, and then also there's an episode that I'll be covering in August called The Prying Game, where Kimmy and Stephanie sneak into Steve's apartment because they think he's cheating on DJ. Ex yes! I just said this! This trivia lines up exactly with it. In Jesse's dream, Kimmy appears in an outfit and wig that makes her resemble Peg Bundy, Katie Siegel, from Married with Children from 1987. Yeah, that exactly made me think of them. Like, oh yeah! It, honestly, it's really creepy how they got Jesse just 
balding with a gut, and it just makes him look so unpleasant. Like, Jesse, what happened? All right, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new listeners, who have just jumped aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast, want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast. You can download the SoundCloud app, or you can find it on iTunes under your podcast app, or Apple Podcasts, just search Full House or Fuller House, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Also, the podcast does have a Facebook page. Again, just search Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. You can like and follow, so that way you know what episodes I'm doing each month. I don't go episode by episode or in order of air date, season by season. I go based on themes. Each month is a different theme. Usually, it's about a character, or it can be... Based on a theme of, you know, a holiday or whatever pops into my mind, basically. One time I did do animal antics and I covered the episode with Rocket the Horse, Ginger the Monkey, Shorty the Donkey, that kind of thing. So just whatever pops into my mind. Also... If you want to send an email to the podcast, you can do so by going to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, the episode is listed in the... The email address is listed in the episode description on SoundCloud as well. And also, if you've been enjoying the podcast for a bit or you just jumped in uh, a few weeks ago or whatnot if you want to show your love you can do so love and support by going to itunes searching for full house or fuller house and the oh my land to holy chalupas podcast will pop up click on it scroll down to where it says leave a review all five star review and ratings do help the podcast get noticed by other full house and fuller house fans like yourselves another thing about this podcast if you're new to it is that this is a podcast for ears of all ages and when I say this I mean that you can listen to it on a speaker you can listen to it in a car picking your kids up from school doing housework making dinner getting groceries you don't kind of worry about me dropping f-bombs or any inappropriate talk I wanted to make this podcast a little different from some other Full House or Fuller House podcasts out there. I wanted to make a podcast where you could listen to it with your kids around those that have grown up with the show like I did. Those that have children and want to show their... You know, watch the show with their kids. Guys, I apologize for... <laughs> I apologize for the pauses. It's 9 in the morning. but yeah like I said I just I wanted to make a podcast that parents could listen to with their kids and not have to worry about bad language or inappropriate talk so yes this is rated C for clean all right so of course before we get into the episode we get the adorable cold open and my guess I think I'm gonna just throw it out there into the universe I think This cold open 
is going to involve Michelle and the twins, but we'll find out. Odds are I could be wrong, but it seems like a lot of the times, especially in season eight, now that the twins are talking full sentences, they're going to use them to their advantage. All right, for the cold open, we are in the living room. We got Nikki and Alex using crayons, coloring. Joey comes in with a comment and says, boys, put the crayons down because I got to show you a great trick. So Joey gets comments attention because the way that Joey kind of folds his curls his hands up a little bit and he makes, it sounds like a squeak toy or like a squeaky mouse. And the dog immediately turns his head towards Joey. And he's, Joey asks, where's the birdie? Where is it? Oh, okay, so the bird, the noise he's trying to make is a bird. And Comet proceeds to leap up at Joey, pawing at his hands. And Joey's like, where's the birdie? And he make believe like he throws something. He's like, go get the birdie, Comet. And Comet runs out of the room. And Joey says, <laughs> I got him again. And one of the boys says, you tricked Comet. And Joey says, yeah, but I can never pull a trick like that on you guys. And the twin in blue says, because the other one's wearing red, he says, no, we're too smart. Joey says, oh, look. And then he makes us sounds like an invisible monster. And the boys get up off the floor, put their hands to their cheeks, screaming Home Alone style, and run out of the room. Joey says, come on, boys, I was kidding. It was just a joke. Don't tell on me. So he opens the door to the kitchen. The boys are on the other side, and they're like, <laughs> gotcha. That's, that was cute. I really liked that cold open. So I was, like, half right. I thought, okay, the twins will be in it. And I thought Michelle would be in it, but she's not. It's Joey. So, But still, it, that was cute. That was really cute. So we come out of the intro. We're in Stephanie and Michelle's room. Stephanie and Gia come in talking about something being fake and Stephanie not believing her. Stephanie noticed Michelle reading at the table. Like, she's probably doing homework. And Stephanie's like, hey, Michelle, do you think you could read that downstairs? And Michelle says, no. And Stephanie just rolls her eyes and says, why not? And Michelle's, yeah, because she says that Gia and I want to talk. And when she says, can you read that downstairs? Michelle says no, and Stephanie says, well, why not? And, of course, Michelle's like, well, I want to listen. Like, come on, seriously? Steph, when you were her age, weren't you constantly listening in on DJ's phone calls? You wanted to be a part of Kimmy and DJ's hangouts? Come on now. Steph's like, oh, Michelle, just go away. Michelle says, all right, and she closes her book. I'll just listen in the, in the hallway like I always do. So with Michelle out of the room, Gia's got major news for Stephanie. Stephanie, guess who likes you? Bobby Sand. And Stephanie's like, I knew it. He was chucking peas at me at lunch. 
That sounds like something a kid in, like, fifth grade would do to a girl because he quote-unquote likes her. Not someone who's, like, in eighth grade. So Stephanie is in seventh grade, and she's excited because an eighth grade boy likes her. So we've graduated from a boy being so mega cute to, oh, he is so fine. Because, hey, it's 1994. Of course we're saying stuff like this. Okay, I gotta say, Gia's hair, the way that it flips out at the bottom, you know how DJ's hair did in season, towards the end of season eight that I'm just like, no, please. That is a hairstyle that should just die on the vine. <laughs> Gia says, hey, listen, I, uh, Steph, I'm having some people coming over Friday. Um, my mom's working late at the diner. Why am I talking like that? <laughs> and she says, we have the house all to ourselves. Gia, you live in an apartment. Please don't call the house. And Gia says, so this can be a real hot party. You know what I mean? And of course, Stephanie, all goofy Stephanie, nudges Gia and says, oh, jalapeno dip? And of course, Gia says, oh, Steph, you kill me. You and your kooky ways. And Gia says, anyway, I was thinking of inviting Bobby for you. And no way does Gia inform Stephanie as to what type of party this is or gathering. So I'll just invite Bobby for you. And she asked Stephanie, like, hey, is that going to be all right? And Stephanie says, yeah, that would be totally okay. Oh, yes, Danny and his laryngitis. Poor guy. All he does is, mm -hmm. and he'll write stuff on notepads and everything. Poor guy. Stephanie asks him how he's feeling, and he's, mm -hmm pointing to his throat, and Stephanie says, yeah, my dad lost his voice. I guess, you know, when you use something too much, it just shuts down. Well, he probably got a cold from somebody. I mean, it's not like he's shouting on the set of Wake Up San Francisco or how my voice sounds after I've been podcasting for three plus hours. My husband refers to that as podcast voice when my voice gets really scratchy. And he looks at Stephanie over his shoulder like, real funny stuff. And Stephanie says, Dad, I'm kidding. Come on now. Yes, laughter is the best medicine. Danny just minds laughing his head off. So Stephanie asks Danny, like, hey, Gia's having a party Friday night. Can I go? And he grabs Michelle's notebook and pen, writes, as Stephanie reads, um, adult supervision. And Gia turns and says, Mr. Tanner, my mom would never let me have a party without adult supervision. And he just kind of gives him the thumbs up and he walks out of the room with an la empty laundry basket. What is that? I thought he had an empty laundry basket when he came in and now it's filled of, it looks like pink towels or something. So as soon as he walks out of the room, Gia turns to Stephanie and says, which is why I didn't tell her. Of course not. The audience is just like, ooh. I can't believe it. I'm telling you. Oh my god. Uh, Michelle, do you think you could read that downstairs? G and I want to talk. No. Why not? I want to listen. Michelle. Fine, I'll listen out in the hallway like I always do. Guess what, Steph? Bobby Sam likes you. I knew it. He was chucking peas at me at lunch. 
You know, one of those little onions, it hit me right in the back of the neck. <laughs> I told you. Wow. An eighth grader, and he is so fine. So listen, I'm having a few people over this Friday night. My mom's working late at the diner. We have the house all to ourselves. So this can be a real hot party. You know what I mean? Jalapeno dip? <laughs> Stop, you kill me. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking of inviting Bobby for you. Would that be okay? That would be extremely okay. <laughs> oh, hey, Dad. How you feeling? Uh, oh. <laughs> My dad lost his voice. I guess when you use something too much, it just shuts down. <laughs> Kidding, Dad. Laughter is the best medicine. Friday night. Can I go? Adult supervision? Um, Mr. Tanner, my mom would never let me have a party without adult supervision. Which is why I didn't tell her. So now we're going to go to the second plot, which is Jesse and Joey at the radio station and Barry Williams. They're on the air, and Joey, of course, has got, as Jesse refers to it, a chocolate boing-boing in his mouth. And Jesse says, Joey, how many times have I told you, finish your chocolate boing-boing before we go on the air? Yeah, 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 really. I mean, that could even go the same for podcasting. It's like, come on, if you're talking, keep the foot out of your mouth. Or pause your recording so you can finish eating or drinking or whatever. And Jesse right away introduces, oh, our guest is here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Barry Williams. So... He didn't give them a heads up, like, hey, we have a special guest for you today, the eldest of the Brady brothers. I believe he was the oldest, wasn't he? It was him, and then Marsha, and then Peter, and then Jan, and then Bobby, and then Cindy. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing. I've seen some episodes of the Brady Bunch, not all of them. I think I made it up to season four. Uh... Brady Bunch movies from 95 and 96. Absolutely love those movies. They are hilarious. He's doing the, like, the little finger gun to them, like, hey, how's it going? The audience is going wild. Oh my gosh. Barry, I love you! So yeah, he's like telling the uh, listeners, like, hey, guys, you remember Barry as Greg from the Dynamite show The Brady Bunch? Uh, so, of course, it's like, oh, we are huge fans, right, Joey? Yeah, well, we gotta ask you some great Brady questions, if we may. And Barry says, well, guys, those were great years, but I'd rather talk about my new project. Yeah, so Barry's like, it's kind of my new, it's my new project, I'm really excited. And then, of course, Jesse cuts him off, like, yeah, Barry, we'll, we'll get to that, but listen, here's the deal. It's like... Jesse, why are you taking over this interview? You got Barry Williams in the hot seat. We want to hear from him. We want to know what's going on. Why are you dominating the conversation and interrupting him? They can hear you and Joey five days a week. They want to hear Barry. I want to hear Barry. So Jesse, like, here's the deal. Dad worked. Alice cleaned the house. What the heck did mom do, huh? 
Joey pipes in with, hey, six kids, one bathroom, any fist fights? Barrett, poor Barry, he is getting bombarded with questions like, calm down and hold your Brady questions for just a hot sec. So as soon as this guy walks in the door and sits down, they are like firing off these questions. My head would be spinning if I were him. Okay, well, well calm down. Calm down. So Barry's starting to answer Joey's question where, hey, it's not like we were. And then Jesse cuts him off and says, hey, talk to me about this. What's the deal with those Latin dad perms you guys did? Yeah, they're all like, oh, I got, I had one, my dad had one, I got a burden just like it. Barry finally jumps on, like, hey guys, like, T, t, t time out here. It's like, and you, you got the the listeners on the in their cars listening to this on the radio, so they're all like, shut up and let Barry speak. He even has to like do the little uh, like uh, you're hailing a cab type of whistle. And when he does that, they're like, Alice used to do that. Alice used to do that. That was so good. So Barry says, look, I'll tell you what, all right? I'll answer all your Brady questions. But first, I want to talk about the new band I put together. And I'm like, oh, let me guess. You got all the old Brady kids back together? No. <laughs> Polyester jumpsuits? Oh. Joey says, oh, it looks like we better gas up the old 8-track machine. And Barry actually corrects him, saying, no, actually, I met some local musicians. Yeah, he says, we just started, you know, jamming, and we put out a new CD. In fact, I have it here with me if you guys, I mean, if you wouldn't mind playing it. Jesse says, oh, are you kidding me, Barry? It'd be an honor. And when Jesse looks at it, it's like his his heart falls into his stomach. And Jesse says, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear the latest right now from Barry and... The Rippers. Audience is just like, oh, right in the feels. And of course, Joey's like, well, now isn't that a winky dink of a coincidence? Jesse was dumped by a band called The Rippers. And of course, Barry's like, you know, I'm sure it was a different band. I mean, this these guys got rid of their lead singer, spent more time moosing his hair than playing his guitar. I would have said it'd be more like they dropped him because he had a lot of more commitments going on and... His music kind of got shoved to the back burner. And while Joey and Barry are laughing about this, Jesse gets offended. And Jesse's like literally right in Barry's face going, Hey, you tried keeping this cowlick down with just gel. It doesn't work, man. And Barry's like, Jesse, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I didn't know it was you. Barry says, you know, look, I mean, if you don't want to play the song. And, Barry, and Jesse's like, no, 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 we'll play the song. Yeah, and Jesse's like, look, Barry, no, please, I am, I'm, a, I, I'm above this, all right? Because, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Here's the latest from Barry and the Rippers. I mean, from Jesse's point of view, honestly, I would feel, I would be a little hurt. I mean, if you think about it, it's season eight. He's been with the Rippers since season one, when he was Jesse Cochran. And that that's a long time to be with a with a group of people. And just to have them just like, hey, we took a vote and we voted you out of the band. And they even said it's like, look, you have all this other stuff going on in your life right now. And you just kind of lost your passion for the music. Yes, and all the times that Jesse was with them, not once, not once did he ever come up with a hit song. 
the song Forever was a cover of a Beach Boys song, apparently, which when I had seen that episode, I had no idea. I didn't even know that the Beach Boys had a song called Forever. I mean, I know Surfer Girl, I know uh, In My Room, Barbara Ann, all the, you know, some of those songs. There's, but that's just some of their hits. There's a plethora of Beach Boys songs I've never listened to. It's just like when you get a new CD, right? You listen to the ones you're familiar with, probably heard on the radio, but then eventually you start listening to some of the other songs. You're like, oh, I like this. Why don't they play this on the radio? Who knows? I think I remember calling a radio station and requesting a song from an artist that I listened to that normally they just have the popular song, and they said, well, we can't play that. Like, maybe they didn't get the rights to play it. I don't know. Okay, I gotta say, I don't... I can't see that being Barry's voice. I'm not dissing his age or anything. Because, again, this is 1995. Let me look up and see how old Barry would have been in this point. So, Barry would have been 40 at this time. Actually, now that I think about it, Barry is going to be 70 next year. He's actually a year younger than my dad. I don't know why I would have thought he was a little older. But anyway, anyway. I honestly, I don't know if that's really his voice. I mean, that would be a trivia thing they could have put in there on IMDb. The singer of this song, April Girls, uh, is the person singing it is not Barry Williams' voice. That would be trivia. That there. Or saying that it is. Barry Williams' voice. Because if they don't say it, how do I really know? I am irritated at this. Jesse, what place do you have to tell a man to give him advice? A man who's had a hit show that's been off the air at this point in time in 1994... It's been off the air for 20 years. Where do you go? Get Basically, where do you get off giving this man advice? It's like, hey, I should be, basically, Barry should be, I should be giving you advice. Yeah, Jesse had a hit cover song in Japan, but this is Barry Williams, Greg Brady. You don't give Barry Williams advice. He gives you advice. He's all like, but listen, Barry, buddy, former Brady. And the way, honestly, that Barry's just kind of uh, sitting there, just like, oh, I can't believe this guy's trying to give me advice. Oh my gosh. Oh. Jesse says, listen, I've been in the music business a long time, okay? Nothing happens overnight, okay? I like this song. We go. I like how Joey's headbanging to it. We go to outside the studio. We see one of the satellites just pouring the music out into the ether of the earth. And just everyone is playing April Girls by Barry and the Rippers. All right, that's right. We are the Rush Hour Renegades. I'm Jesse. I'm Joey. Joey, how many times have I told you, finish your chocolate boing-boing before you talk on the radio? Oh, our guest is here. Our guest is here. Gentlemen, it's uh, Barry Williams. Uh, Barry Williams. 
You guys remember uh, Barry as Greg from the Dynamite Show, The Brady Bunch? We are huge fans, and we got to get right down. We've got to ask you some great Brady questions, if we may. Well, guys, you know, those are great years, but I'd really rather talk about my new project. Kind of exciting, you know, the whole thing seems yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, 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 Barry, we'll get to that. But listen, here's the deal, all right? Dad worked, right? Alice cleaned the house. What the heck did Mom do, huh? Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> Six kids, one bathroom. Any fist fights? <laughs> Talk to me about this. What's the deal with those Latin dad perms you guys did? I got a perm. I got a perm. I did. I got a perm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whistle. Alice used to do that. Alice got did that. that. Was good. I tell you what. I tell you what. I'll answer all your Brady questions. All right. But first, I want to talk about the new band I put together. Oh, uh, putting the old Brady kids back together, huh? There with the polyester jumpsuits. Well, looks like we better gas up the old eight-track machine. <laughs> no, actually, I met some local musicians. We started jamming, and one thing led to another, and we put out a new CD. In fact, just hoping you guys would play it. Oh, are you kidding oh. me? Barry, be an honor. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna hear the latest right now from Barry and the Rippers. Winky dink of a coincidence. Jesse was dumped by a band called the Rippers. Oh, I'm sure it was a different band. These guys got rid of their singer because he spent more time moosing his hair than playing his guitar. <laughs> you try keeping this cowlick down with just gel. It doesn't work, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't know it was you. Look. You don't want to play the song. No, 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 I no, 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 very, very pleased. No, I'm above this. No, 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 that's fine. Let's, uh, let's give this song a shot. That, that, that's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here we go. Here's the latest from Barry and the Rippers. come home get away from that song but as soon as he comes down in the kitchen we got tj and suspenders and a tie that i'm not a fan of michelle's sitting in a chair by the side of the kitchen counter she's jamming out nikki and alex are holding each other and rocking side to side dancing becky's jamming out they immediately notice jesse and Oh, here, let me turn this off the station. They've been playing the song all day. Like, oh, Uncle Jesse, I'll just change the station. And Becky's like, oh my gosh, my husband's not going to be happy with me dancing out to uh, Barry Williams, his replacement. And Jesse tries to be cool, though. Hey, no, 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 Deej, really, no, it's fine. Really, you don't have to. And Deej is like, no, seriously, I mean, they've been playing it all day. She starts switching stations, and it's on... Every station is currently playing that song. Even one of those um, Spanish stations and stuff like that. And they're also Jesse and the Ripper or uh, Barry and the Rippiers or something. I 
actually just turns off the radio and says, you know what? We never uh, talk anymore. How was your day? Oh, he puts his hands over Jesse's head. As Jesse's lips are starting to curl into a snarl. Yeah, actually, wait a minute. This is only two episodes from when Jesse had gotten dumped by the Ripper. Okay, no, he hasn't formed Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets yet. Michelle's like, but I like the Rippers, you know, bef- better when Jesse was in the band. She says, oh, that's sweet, Munchkin. Thank you. I need to hear that. Of course, Michelle says, you know, before they had a hit song and everybody loved them. They open for the Stones and they... Jesse says, well, wait, they're opening for the Stones? And I like how Michelle just shrugs it up like, I mean, only on the West Coast. And Joey has a jump in like, uh, Michelle, you know, I think that's all the cheering up Uncle Jesse can stand right now. Joey helps Michelle down off that chair and leads her out into the living room. Jesse's trying to play it off like he, it's not bothering him at all. It's like, the more you talk about it, though, the more it's really you're showing that it is bothering you. Yeah. He's like, I mean, seriously, who needs a hit record? In fact, who needs music? Becky can't believe it. Like, you're going to give up music? Like, this is your, aside from me, music is like the love of your life, aside from me. Or second to me. Jesse says, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I may never play another note as long as I live. Jesse, they got him in a billowing white top with no shirt underneath, which I'm sure, you know, the ladies would love. But it's just like, it just looks unflattering on him. I, like, put him in a black shirt. It's just white. It, it, I don't understand. It's like, were they in a rush to, like, start filming? Like, here, throw on this. It looks like an XL-sized shirt. It just looks like something they pull out of a maternity section. I'm like, Jesse has a flattering figure. Why don't you, you know, he's always wearing, like, either... You know, black shirts, black leather vests, you know, his many gold chains and cross necklaces. I just don't understand why they put him in this shirt that is two sizes big on him. Even those pockets on the front of his shirt, I could fit my cell phone in one of those front pockets. It's They're that big. Jesse sits down at the kitchen table with Becky and the boys and says, no, 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 you know, my life is full and rich. And now it's time to start concentrating on the important things in my life as he picks up one of his sons and sets him on his lap. He sets both boys on his lap. And Becky says, okay, so then this decision has nothing to do with... Yeah, so this decision has that you just made has nothing to do with all the hoopla over Barry and the Rippers? And Jesse, hoopla, what hoopla, what are you talking about? comes Kimmy and I can see how some of this actually gets put into the nightmare fuel that Jesse of this weird concoction of a dream that Jesse has because here comes Kimmy she's wearing a white shirt that says Jesse and the Rippers but it's got Jesse crossed out with like a caution yellow caution tape sign that says Barry over Jesse's name and says Barry she says Barry is God can you believe they're opening for the stones? And of course, Jesse's like, yeah, I know, but only on the East Coast, only on the West Coast. 
Jesse takes the boys and says, come on, boys, let's go live our full, rich life somewhere else where we don't have to hear that annoying song anymore. And as the boys start walking ahead of him out of the kitchen, they say, April girls, April girls. Jesse can stand right now. Gotcha. Thanks, guys. But listen, you know, this is no big deal. I mean, who needs a hit record? In fact, who needs music? You're going to give up music? Absolutely. In fact, I may never play another note as long as I live. No, 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 no. My life is full and rich. And now it's time to start concentrating on the important things in life. So this decision to give up music has nothing to do with all the hoopla over Barry and the Rippers? Hoopla? What hoopla? Coast. Come on, boys, let's go live our full, rich life somewhere else where we don't have to hear that song. So Danny comes in after Jesse and the boys walk out of the kitchen, and DJ says, "Hey, Dad, how's your how you doing there? You know, since you lost your voice." And Becky's there, so it's almost like Becky is translating for Danny, but only saying the words she wants to hear. And, of course, Becky says, oh, he says his throat feels much better, but he still has no voice. And Kimmy is amazed, like, well, how did you know the string bean said that? And Becky tells him, well, you know, I mean, after working with him all these years on Wake Up San Francisco, we've developed our own language. I can practically tell what he's thinking. And DJ says, yo, Dad, I bet you can't wait to get back to work, huh? And Becky says, oh, he says Rebecca's doing such a great job without me. I may never come back. Yeah, I don't care if I ever get back. Like, no. Danny's looking at her like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying any of that. Move over, Oprah. Two thumbs up for Rebecca. Danny's like with his two thumbs facing down. Like, no, 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 you stink. <laughs> yeah, like, mouthing like, get out. And Stephanie comes down and Becky tells her dinner's going to be ready in about 10 minutes. Why are you getting orange juice out? People have orange juice with dinner? I've always seen that as a breakfast thing, but I mean, maybe someone wants orange juice. Stephanie says, thanks, Aunt Becky, but I mean, I'm just going to have something at the party. She even has a little gift bag of stuff that she's taking over there. And Stephanie turns to DJ, hey, DJ, do you think you can give me a ride? I don't know what they're cooking on the stove, but Danny's got a towel over it or something. And he's trying to, like, breathe in the steam, maybe, to help somehow magically get his voice back. DJ turns to Danny's like, Dad, can I have the keys, please? And the way that 
Danny almost looks like he's trying to do sign language. He's like, you drive safe. Reminding her to put her seatbelt on. And DJ says, got it, Dad. I'll drive as fast as I can and pick up really cute hitchhikers. And he's all like waving and like, no, no, no. I was like, Danny, she's kidding with you. Relax. And Becky's like, it's fun making up words that don't come out of his mouth, isn't it? They're having so much fun teasing Danny. Danny's like, I just want to get my voice back. Hey, how you feeling, Dad? Oh, he says his throat feels better, but he still has no voice. How did you know the string bean said that? Well, after working with him all these years on Wake Up San Francisco, we've developed our own language. I can practically tell what he's thinking. Well, I bet you can't wait to get back to work, huh, Dad? Well, he says Rebecca's doing such a great job without me. I don't care if I ever get back. <laughs> Move over, Oprah. Two thumbs up for Rebecca. <laughs> Step, dinner will be ready in ten minutes. Oh, thanks, but uh, I'm just going to have something at the party. <laughs> uh, Deej, do you think you could give me a ride? Yeah, sure. Dad? <laughs> Now we're at Gia's apartment, which exactly looks just like Steve's apartment, just more kind of homey feeling. Whereas Steve's apartment was more, it was like for a college age kid. The flannel wearing of the teens in this one is really high. We got Bobby Sand in black and white checkered flannel. We got a kid. Another thing big and I noticed in the first season of Boy Meets World was the hooded flannel or just hooded long sleeve shirts. We got another boy who's wearing a lavender polo or kind of a light bluish polo shirt with a flannel long sleeve shirt wrapped around his waist. So there's a handful of kids. There's four girls. There's like four boys. So Gia opens the door, and here is Stephanie. And of course, again, Stephanie does not know what kind of party this is, because she brought Pictionary. And Gia just laughs it off, <laughs> funny, and just tosses the bag with the game, like, off to the side. And Stephanie kind of looks like, what was that for? Gia takes Stephanie by the shoulders and, like, steers her around to the couch where Bobby is, and she does a quick introduction. Steph, Bobby, Bobby, Steph. And then she walks away and turns the lights off. Which turned the lights off, it seems like, in the entire apartment. It's not pitch black in there, but still. She says, have fun, as, she, as Gia walks away. So most of the lamp, there are a lot of lamps in this apartment. There's also two lights just to the right of the door leading to, I'm guessing, that could be a bedroom or a bathroom. And Stephanie... And Stephanie's like, uh, Gia? Gia's busy getting her Mac on with whatever guy she's with. There also, there's two couches, there's a handful of armchairs, and there's a couple on the floor making out. Like, oh my gosh. Really? Wait, to understand that Gia assumed Stephanie's been to parties like this? I mean, 
You know when Stephanie heard the word party, she figured it was just a gathering with, like, chips and drinks and, you know, fun, you know, board games and stuff like that. And just hanging out, you know, watching a movie or what have you. This is just a multi-person makeout sesh. The audience, when Stephanie is looking around and people are just like making, you know, they got their faces close to each other like they're making out even though clearly they're not. These extras and stuff. Just listen, the audience reacted, what? Okay. So Bobby asked if Stephanie wants to sit on the couch and she's like, uh, yeah, I guess. And when they sit down, Bobby is practically sitting in her lap. He is literally that close. He'd have to be surgically removed. And she asks, like, hey, Bobby, do you think you could scoot over a little bit more? And, yeah, when she asks, like, hey, Bobby, could you, like, scoot over a little? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he doesn't move. And he goes and puts his arm around her. And he, like, puckers her lip, puckers his lips right in her face. My guess is... As with Bobby, this ain't his first rodeo. He's been to these parties. He he knows what he he's he's doing. And but Steph isn't. She's unexperienced, which good for her. Cause I wouldn't have wanted to go to something like this as you know uh, someone her age. I wouldn't even want to go to something like this if I were single and an adult. But I think I think the these type of parties for grown-ups were referred to as what like back in the 70s and whatnot like key parties and stuff and just like gross 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 i'm just thinking you know at that age with teenagers i'm not saying all teenagers but you know especially and i'm not saying all teenage boys it's like you're at that age your body smells funky and you're your breath, I mean, I, just, just so many things I would take into consideration when it comes to that stuff. Because, I mean, kissing is about as personal as you can get until the next big step. And honestly, it shouldn't be something that's just jumped into for the sake of doing that. Like in um, Fuller House, when Ramona wanted to get her first kiss over with and get it out of the way. It's like she's checking boxes of all these first milestones of her, her teenage years. First kiss, first date, first breakup, you know, that for hickey, you know, that kind of stuff. Encroaching into her personal space, and the fact that uh, 
She's like, Bobby, I, I just met you like two seconds ago. Can we like, can you like back up and give me some space? He's all like, but I've seen you at school. Didn't you feel the onion I threw at you? And she says, well, sure I did. And honestly, don't think I wasn't flattered, but Steph, Stephanie doesn't want to do this. She's like, well, shouldn't we like, you know, talk or something first? Uh, yeah, you think you're like, hey, let's go out to a movie. Let's go out to for pizza or talk and get to know each other before you kiss. You want to know at least something about the person that you're going to... Are you serious, Gia? She turns around and shushes Stephanie. It's like, no, you... Th th that's why I don't like Gia. I don't like her. She is just a, a horrible friend to Stephanie. She really is. She has no redeeming qualities in my eyes. She certainly didn't have certainly didn't have any redeeming qualities when she returned to Fuller House, but in my mind, honestly, we didn't need Gia. We did not need Gia. And then she ends up marrying Matt in Fuller House. I'm like, what, just so you can keep this character on? She's a horrible mother to Rocky. But the good thing is she shushes Stephanie. It's like, you can see your friend is uncomfortable. But you would rather make out with this random boy that you picked up from school than go over to your friend and find out, like, oh, what's going on? But, I mean, eventually, yes, she does. But still, it's just like, come on. It's just saying, yes, the peer pressure to, oh, everyone else is doing it, so should I. Or why does, because everyone else is doing it, why do I have to do this? And he just, yes, he feels right up there with Pete from Fives a Crowd. Because he tells her, Steph, this is not a talking party. If we don't start making out, people are going to think we're dorks. Clearly, so clearly this kid is given into the peer pressure. It's like, oh, I don't want to seem like a dork or... Uh, apparently this kid must have a reputation too. I mean, he, since he's an 8th grader and she's a 7th grader, I got a rep. Yeah, he is really, again, with a friend. And he's putting his arm around her and she's like, wait, 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 wait. And he's like, come on, Steph, don't you like me? And, and she's just like, yeah, Bobby, I do like you, but... And, yeah, oh my gosh, I think this guy's even worse than Pete. He's like, well, then what's the problem? And Stephanie says, I don't know. And then he says... Then why don't we kiss while you figure it out? And Stephanie gives in. She's like, okay. Steph, you got to stand up for yourself, girl. And I like that she does at some point. This is wrong. I don't like this. I really don't like you now since you're putting this pressure on me. He's looking at Gia making out and the other couples making out like, why don't they have any reservations about this? Why don't they have any issues? Clearly, everyone there is a seasoned professional when it comes to those types of parties. They don't have any clowns. They don't have any regrets. They're just doing it for the sake of doing it. And honestly, it's a closed mouth kiss. But the fact that the audience is still like, woo, woo, like, okay, calm down. Stephanie's got her eyes open, kind of like, how long do we have to do this? Yeah, she even asked, like, how long do we have to do this for? And he says, until everyone else stops. Gia breaks away from her guy. They're sitting, yeah, they're sitting in an armchair. Uh, and she grabs Stephanie. 
and kind of takes her over to the side to talk with her. And she puts her finger up like, one second, Bobby. And Bobby's like, <laughs> uh. like, why don't you find me a girl that actually wants to do this? Oh, girl, gee, I don't like you. She's like, Steph, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with her? Because she doesn't want to make out with a boy she doesn't even know, but she's seen him at school. That's about it. She knows nothing about this guy. Then she asks, haven't you ever been to a makeout party before? And Stephanie says, oh yeah, sure I have. Well, I mean, not an official makeout party. Gia says, well, I'll take that as a no. Steph apologizes. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to be this kind of party. I'm like, Steph, Steph, listen to me. You have nothing to apologize for. Gia is the one that should have uh, explained to you what kind of party this was. And I bet anyway... If Gia had explained it, Steph still would have been pressured to go. Because it just seems like, even though they were enemies, now they're friends, it just seems like Stephanie is still follow the leader with Gia. Like, oh, because Gia says this, I have to do this, otherwise I won't have a friend. And Stephanie says, it's just, I, I don't want to make out with Bobby seems like that is just it just makes it seem cheap you know it's like go out to a movie go out to eat you know stuff like that and then have a nice kiss at the end of the evening if you both consent to it but why should she feel like she has to do this to be part of the crowd like oh everyone else is doing it I guess so should I there should be nothing wrong with individuality and beating to the March of your own drummer. And Stephanie adds, it feels really awkward. And Gia says, I'm really sorry, Steph. Like, are you Gia? Sorry to be hating on Gia like this, but I just, I do not like her character. She's not a healthy friend for Steph to have. And Stephanie says, well, why don't I just call DJ and have her pick me up? Oh yeah, where's the phone? Oh, it's under Jason and Heidi. I guess Stephanie makes this face like, ugh. Stephanie goes over to this armchair and pulls from the back of it the telephone to make the phone call to DJ. Bobby, I just met you two seconds ago, but I've seen you at school. Didn't you feel the onion I threw at you? Well, sure I did. And don't think I wasn't flattered, but shouldn't we, like, talk or something first? Steph, this is not a talking party. If we don't start making out, everyone's gonna think we're dorks. Wait, 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 wait. Come on, Steph, don't you like me? Bobby, I do like you, but... Then what's the problem? I don't know. Then why don't we kiss while you figure it out?
you ever been to a makeout party before? Sure I have. Well, not an official makeout party. I'll take that as a no. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to be this kind of party. It's just, I don't want to make out with Bobby. It feels really awkward. I'm really sorry, Steph. Why don't I just call DJ and have her pick me up? Where's the phone? Under Jason and Heidi. So Stephanie dials the number. We go to DJ's room. Danny's calling for Deej. Deej! Deej! Your phone! Deej! He goes over, picks it up, he's like, hello? <laughs> and Stephanie can't tell the difference between her father who's suffering from laryngitis and her sister's voice because she's uh, she just assumes it's like, why would my dad be answering my sister's phone in her room? She says, Deej, you've got to come pick me up. G's party turned into a this giant makeout session. And Danny's eyes are huge. They're like the size of silver dollar pancakes. And of course, <laughs> Danny can't reveal it to him. He's like, oh. And Stephanie says, just just come and get me, okay? Just and whatever you do, don't tell dad. Yeah, she's like, don't tell dad. Okay, I, I kind of made him think that Gia's mom would be here. Danny is fuming. If smoke could come out of his ears right now, it would be. weird dream sequence of Jesse. He's on the couch. TV is playing the April Girls so April Girls song. And he's like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> over his eyes, not again. And the t man on the TV says, yes, Jesse, again. And then we see the TV, which it's weird because the TV is on that little, um, it's like that TV cart that you can kind of push to whichever section of the living room. And it's like right at the end of the couch. I'm like, what are you going to have the TV up? Anyway, anyway, the guy comes in. It's like, that was Barry Williams uh, with the hits in the Rippers. Barry and the Rippers singing the hit song that's been sweeping the, nation, the country for the last two months. And Jesse's like, two months? And apparently the, this reporter is got a segment called Downbeat, the tragic tales of the music business. Today, the story of Jesse Katsopoulos, the Lost Ripper. And we see a black and white picture of him holding guitar. It's from the end of season five with Captain Video, parts one and two, when they did the music video for, for, for Forever, for the song Forever. And Jesse's talking back to the TV. It's like, I'm not lost. I'm right here, pal. 
The reporter says, we talked to Jesse's friends and family to find out more about this truly pathetic figure. And we have Becky up first, sitting in like a director chair type thing. And then it says on the screen in yellow font, ex-wife. And she says, okay, all right, so I married a failure. She says, I can deal with it, but it's been really hard on the boys. And the camera pulls back to see Nikki and Alex in small little director type chairs. And they're wearing like the Groucho Marx, you know, nose, mustache, glasses combination to hide their faces. Yeah, she says, it's been really hard on the boys. They're so ashamed. And then now we get Danny, chin and his hand is holding up his his chin and the side of his face. He's like, I don't know where the ring you test today. And frankly, I don't care. <laughs> In yellow font at the bottom of the screen, shamed brother-in-law. Oh my gosh! You believe that, Glenn? Danny says all that's left of him is an Elvis donut maker. Moose slick on the couch. Then you got DJ and Stephanie. As Stephanie says, well, I never really believed he was my uncle. <laughs> it says the yellow font alleged nieces. And Stephanie says, I just thought he was this guy who moved in and used our combs. DJ, DJ says, the day he left, he took all the hair dryers. But it's a small price to pay to have him out of our lives. Happy blowing grease ball. Oh my gosh. Now we got Michelle saying, oh, he always called me Mum Munchkin. Disgruntled niece. <laughs> the font on the bottom of the screen. And Michelle says, I used to think it was cute, but then I found out what it meant. A short, funny looking person. Ouch. And Michelle adds, what a jerk. Here we go with Joey. I was Jesse's partner on the radio and his best friend. <laughs> I love this. The the bottom title there for Joey says Boing Boing Brain. I'm like, see, I knew that was gonna come back in some way. And Joey says, now I'm dating his wife. This next scene with Joey and and Becky sharing a a boing a chocolate boing boing, but which basically looks like a chocolate Twinkie. When I first saw this when this aired, this, it creeped me out, and it it grossed me out, and I was just extremely uncomfortable. Becky comes up and says, boing, boing, honey. Joey winks to the camera and says, you bet, honey. He puts it in his mouth. He's got half of it hanging out of his mouth. And she bites on the other end. It, it's unsettling. I, I don't like this, even now as an adult. Like, <laughs> Becky and Joey, <laughs> not millionaires. Jesse, just the way he's reacting to these these harsh truths while in this nightmare, nightmare-fueled state that he's in, he's like, uh, no, what? Horrified, exaggerated looks, expressions that he's having at the television screen. It's dump on Jesse day with all this pent up frustration and and irritation. And the uh, announcer comes back on and says, "Last week we got an ex 
exclusive. Our Tragicam finally caught up with Jesse Katsopoulos. We see he's working in front of an auto shop. Is that is that supposed to represent what the price of gas was back in 1994? $128? I mean, $1.28. <laughs> oh my gosh. No one would be going anywhere if it were $128 a gallon for gas. Woo! <laughs> I got to learn to... <laughs> And you'll only see the back of Jesse in that blue mechanic jump jumpsuit. He's he's bent over, kind of looking under the hood of a vehicle that he's working on. That looks like that vehicle needs to be hauled to the junkyard or get a paint job and a hundred other things that it desperately needs. This is this is frightening. Oh my gosh! I don't know what's worse, Jesse looking like this or when they had John Stamos as Stavros. Both were equally extremely disgusting appearances for John Stamos. He's, he's got a gut on him. He's losing his hair. How old is he supposed to be here? <laughs> he's like, what do you people want from me? Jesse's eyes are just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> my life he's like yeah in this in this scary future of his he doesn't have his wife he's not got his kids he's not got music he's just working as a mechanic and the announcer says jesse you failed the music business you lost everything he's got a cigar in his hand he's like i don't need music my life is good now. It's like he's trying to convince himself of that. And he starts pointing out his foot like, uh, I mean, sure, I've uh, put on a few pounds and developed this nasty skin infection. Scalp infection. Ugh. His hair is really thinning on the top. And he's got like a five o'clock shadow beard going on. And he's smoking a cigar. And then he says, but I'm getting it together, all right? I have a brand new beautiful fiance. Yes, indeed, I'm back on top again, all right? I'm the king of my castle. <laughs> we got Kimmy literally dressed as Peg Bundy. She's like, where is that slob? She's wearing like purple plaza -like necklaces around her neck. And Jessie is almost about ready to vault over the couch. She's like, give her! She's getting like, you promised to massage my feet. And he's like, oh, I, I remembered, sweetie. <laughs> and you are my queen up on your throne. And he puts her on this uh, <laughs> stack of tires. Audience <laughs> is just cracking up at this. And Kimmy says, well, get to work, you load. My corns are ready to pop. I'm just like, pop, uh, gag, puke, vomit, bleh. He turns to the camera and says, and I know what you're thinking out there, but you can't have her. She's all mine. He kisses her on the cheek. <laughs> he turns and spits. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just disgust. Uh, when it comes to foot, uh, mm, that kind of corns, bunions, what have you. Okay, blech. No, thank you. Jesse repeating, my life is good. My life is good. 
again. <laughs> that Barry and the Rippers with April Girls, the song that's been sweeping the country for the last two months. Two months? Welcome to Downbeat, tragic tales of the music business. Today, the story of Jesse Katsopoulos, the lost Ripper. I'm not lost, I'm right here, pal. We talked with Jesse's friends and family to find out more about this truly pathetic figure. Okay, all right, so I married a failure. I can deal with it, but it's been really hard on the boys. They're so ashamed. I don't know where the reject is today, and frankly, I don't care. All that's left of him is an Elvis donut maker and a moose slick on the couch. I never really believed he was my uncle. I just thought he was this guy who moved in and used our combs. The day he left, he took all the hair dryers. But it's a small price to pay to have him out of our lives. Happy blowing, greaseball. He always called me Munchkin. I used to think he was cute. But then I found out what it meant. A short, funny-looking person. What a jerk. I was Jesse's partner on the radio and his best friend. <laughs> now, I'm dating his wife. Boing, boing, honey. You bet, honey. Last week in a Downbeat exclusive, our tragic cam finally caught up with Jesse Katsopoulos. What do you people want from me? I don't need music. My life is good now. I mean, uh, sure, I've put on a few pounds and uh, developed this nasty scalp infection. But I'm getting it together, all right? I have a brand new, beautiful fiance. Yes, indeed, I'm back on top again, all right? I'm the king of my castle. Where is that slob? Hey, Baldy. Gibbler. You promised to massage my feet. I, I, I remember, sweet. Uh, well, you are my queen, so up on your throne. out there but you can't have her she's all mine whoa look at that one that one's really ripe oh my it is ripe <laughs> my life is good my life is good jesse wakes up from this nightmare how in the world because when he wakes up he's got his his leg he's got his booted foot in his hand and his leg is, like, crossed over. It's like, wouldn't you feel that at some point? Because he, he he looks, he wakes up, and he's, like, got this, like, Wah! it's like, that's your own foot. Relax. You're okay. I don't know about you all, but, I mean, if I'm taking a nap, which I rarely do, I'm not wearing shoes. When I come into my home, shoes come right off. Joey's... And Becky come in. Oh, God. Because you know that dream is still fresh in Jesse's mind. Especially about Becky and Joey. As Becky brings Joey into the living room and says, Come on, Joey. It'll be better in here. And Joey, one of Joey's eyes is shut. It's like, 
and the way that Becky, like, takes her hands on either side of Joey's face and kind of, like, moving it, trying to see what's going on. And Jesse, meanwhile, he gets all the costumes, like, what, what, how could you guys do this, to, like, right in front of me? Becky turns and looks at Jesse and says, well, Joey got cream filling in his eye. Joey says, yeah, those boing boings are really packed under pressure. You grab one and just... <clears throat> and Jesse says, so there's nothing going on between the two of you? I mean, Joey's just an idiot? Joey asks, is there a third choice? Joey says, I gotta go change my... Just, yeah, get some water, get a washcloth. It'll get... You'll get it out. Use some... What, what's that other stuff? Like Visine or uh, Clear Eye, whatever, that stuff? Be fine. And once Joey leaves, Becky's like, sweetheart, are you okay? And Jesse's, honey, I, I, I had this horrific dream. And he says, you know, I, I really, I do realize I need music in my life. I mean, next to you and the boys, it's the most important thing to me. And Becky looks at him and says, well, I'd say you had a very successful nap. Jesse says, I'm going to tell you something else. I mean, I'm going to stop obsessing over this Ripper thing. It's like, yes, Jess, the Ripper's, that is in the past now. But then... If you look at the pilot episode of Fuller House, you have the Rippers there with Jesse. So I take it they parted ways with Barry at some point between 1995 and or 1994 and 2016. He says, otherwise, if I don't, I'm going to end up a, a, a fat, pathetic has-been with a scalp infection. And he asked her, like, by the way, how is my hair? And she's like, perfect as usual she tells me she you know puts an arm around like honey relax okay the dream is over he's like i know i know honey have you ever honestly had a dream that is so upsetting even after you wake up you still are getting flashes of it throughout the day i swear ever since i took on and they're not honestly horrific dreams but ever since i took on this new position you know, and I'm just getting used to this added responsibility. I keep having these dreams of, like, messing up and just... I think it's just my fears playing out in my head, and that's what's influencing my dreams. Probably, honestly, since I'm recording this in mid-January, by the time this airs in the middle of it, March, I should be in a better headspace with all this added responsibility I'll be able to you know have my own way of how I'm doing stuff Kimmy comes in still wearing the Barry and the Ripper shirt and says hey you guys got any corn plasters and Jesse's ah! Kimmy looks at him like what did I do did I say something wrong you guys do this right in front of me? Joey got cream filling in his eye. Yeah, those boing boings are really packed under pressure. You grab them and just... So there's nothing going on between the two of you? Joey's just an idiot? Is there a third choice? I gotta go change my eye. Yeah, are you okay? Oh, honey, I had this horrific dream. You know, I, I really do realize I need music in my life. I mean, next to you and the boys, it's the most important thing to me. 
Well, I'd say you had a very successful nap. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something else. I'm going to stop obsessing over this Rippers thing. Otherwise, I'm going to end up a fat, pathetic has-been with a scalp infection. <laughs> By the way, how is my hair? Perfect as usual. Oh. Honey, relax. The dream is over. I know, I know, honey. Hey, you guys got any corn plasters? <laughs> So we're back at Gia's apartment. We got Stephanie on one end waiting for, a, you know, DJ, in quotes, to pick her up. We got Bobby on the other end of the couch playing a video game that's emitting sound effects even though there is no game cartridge in the game. The doorbell rings and Stephanie says, I'll get that. Wouldn't want anyone to lose her place. Before Stephanie opens the door, she says, Deej, is that you? Then, in, in the, since they have the subtitles on, Danny, in a hoarse voice, says, Open the door, Steph. And just before she turns the doorknob, saying, Deej, I'm so glad you're here. She sees Danny, and she's like, Dad! And shuts the door. Bobby looks up from his video game and says, It's somebody's dad! Everyone pops up from where they're at and they're all like oh, standing up trying to pretend that they weren't doing anything. Gia turns the light on and Stephanie opens the door again and someone goes and shuts the music off. Stephanie says, Dad, look, I, I know you're angry. And he says, oh, this may be a personal best for me. And Gia says, oh, Mr. Tanner, hi. And he's like, hi. Oh, guess who's coming in the back door? Gia's mom. Yeah, Gia sees her mom. She's like, Mom, hi. And her mom waves like, Oh, look, I got off work early. And she decided to throw me a welcome home party. Yeah, she says, How nice, huh? My shift ended early, so you uh, throw me a little party. Bobby starts freaking like, This place is crawling with parents. Let's get out of here. There's like a stampede towards the door. I gotta give Steph and Gia credit for trying to follow the crowd. And Danny puts his arm in the doorway block and like, uh-huh, nice try, you two, but no. Yeah, because they try to go. Danny, like, blocks the door like, hey, 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 nice try. So as Danny closes the door, he starts throwing accusations at Gia's mom, saying, do you have any idea what your daughter's been up to? And Gia's mom looks at him, arms crossed, going, do you have any idea how ridiculous you sound? He says, yes, I have laryngitis. And <laughs> Gia's mom looks at Stephanie and says, he belongs to you, right? And Stephanie says, yeah, he's my dad. And Gia jumps in there like, that's right, you two haven't met. Mr. Tanner, this is Claire. Claire? Oh, yeah, she starts saying, like, my wonderful, forgiving beautiful forgiving mother and her mom's like I don't want to hear it Gia and Gia says well I'll just go to my room and Danny tells Stephanie well, why don't you go to Gia's room he starts lecturing Claire about her daughter he's like I don't know if you realize what's going on here and she starts walking away from him he's like where are you going she says oh I'm listening just keep squawking say like, oh funny yeah walk in here there's hugging there's kissing there's feet up on the table she grabs a bottle of something puts it in a spoon and when danny turns his head to look at her she pops 
the spoon in his mouth, and all of a sudden it's like his his voice is returned to 100% Danny. And he's like, that's horrible. What is that? I don't know where it's been. He's like, I don't know what's in it. If I can operate machinery, and my voice is back. He asks, what's in there? And she says, family secret. She says, oh, yeah, where were we? Oh, yeah, you're trying to tell me how to raise my daughter. Oh, she says, you were attacking the way I raised my daughter. And Danny's like, no, I mean, how could you not know that your daughter was having a makeup party? And she kind of turns on him and says, well, kind of like how you didn't know your daughter was going to a makeup party. Kind of like that. And Danny says, it's not my fault. She lied to me. And Gia's mom's all like, join the club. Yeah. And Danny's like, oh, so there's a club now? What is it? Parents of future felons? And... Claire kind of plays along with saying, like, yeah, we have a secret handshake, too. Danny apologizes. He says, look, I'm sorry. Maybe it was easier for me to get mad at you than to get mad at myself. And Claire says, well, you know, we could just both be mad at our kids. And he says, that's a good idea. <laughs> so we learn kind of where Gia's angst comes from. And a lot of it has to deal with the fact that She's had a hard time since her parents split up. And she has to, you know, but lately she's been turning around. She was really turning it around. God, she quit smoking. Her grades got better. So like Steph has got such a great influence on her. And Danny says, Steph's a good kid. And Claire says, she is too. Sure, yeah, okay, whatever you want to believe about your child, I guess, whatever. I'm sure she can be a good kid when she wants to be. I'd rather Stephanie have a good influence over Gia than Gia having a bad influence over Stephanie. So Claire decides to go in and talk to Gia, and Danny says, hey, when you go in there, can you, uh... No, he says... Well, just remember, when children seem the least lovable, it's when they need love the most. And she says, do you always talk like a fortune cookie? And he says, actually, it was the thought for the day on my Ziggy desk calendar. And yeah, Danny says, oh, when you go in, can you send out my little co-defendant, please? And she said, yeah, before she leaves, she says, you know, by the way, your uh, real voice is kind of nice. I love you. Ooh! And Danny says, thanks. Yes, Danny, we know you're a single parent, too. Otherwise, your wife would be there getting after Stephanie. I like how she says, hmm, like she's considering, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Danny, you don't need to be checking out. <laughs> checking her out, man. She leaves Danny just as, 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 like he lets out this breath that he's been holding, just like, like, whoa, this lady just roasted me. <laughs> well, hey, Danny, if you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take whatever the um, the other person gives you. You can't attack a person's parenting style and not have them come back at you. Somebody 
may be a personal best for me. Mr. Tanner. Hi. Hi. Gia. Mom. Hi. How nice. Huh? My shift ended early, so you, uh, threw me a little party. This place is crawling with parents. Let's get out of here. Hey, 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 nice try. Do you have any idea what your daughter's been up to? Do you have any idea how ridiculous you sound? Yes, I have laryngitis. He belongs to you, right? He's my dad. Mm. That's right. You two haven't met. Mr. Tanner, this is Claire, my beautiful, forgiving mother. I don't want to hear it, Gia. I'll just go to my room. Steph, why don't you just go to Gia's room? I don't know if you realize what's been going on here. Where are you going? I'm listening. Keep squeaking. Fine. I walk in here. There's hugging. There's kissing. There's feet up on the furniture. There's you. Don't even... <laughs> what is that? I don't know where that's been. I don't know what's in it. I don't know if I can operate heavy machinery now. I don't know why my voice is back. What's in there? Family secret. So, uh, where were we? Oh, yes. You were attacking the way I raised my daughter. No, I mean, how could you not know that your daughter was having a makeout party? Well, kind of like the way you didn't know your daughter was going to a makeout party, kind of like that. It's not my fault. She lied to me. Welcome to the club. Oh, so there's a club now? What is it, parents of future felons? <laughs> yeah, we have a secret handshake. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I think maybe it was easier for me to get mad at you than get mad at myself. Well, we, you know, could just both be mad at our kids. That's a good idea. You know, the truth is that uh, Gia's had a really hard time ever since her dad and I split up. You know, but lately she was turning around. God, she quit smoking. Her grades got better. Steph was having such a good influence on her. Steph's a good kid. She is, too. Well, I suppose I should go in there and talk to her. Uh, well, just remember, when, when children seem the least lovable, it means they need love the most. Do you always talk like a fortune cookie? Actually, it, it was the thought for the day on my Ziggy desk calendar. <laughs> when you go in, would you send out my little co-defendant, please? Yeah, sure. You know, by the way, your uh, real voice is kind of nice. Thanks. I'm a, I'm a single parent, too, you know. Hmm. I'll remember that. comes out and sits down next to Danny and right away she apologizes. She says, Dad, I'm sorry. I missed a big time. And Danny says, well, let's see. You lied shamelessly. You went to a makeout party. You got him way over your head. Yeah, messed a big time pretty much covers it. And she says, I know. And he's like, but on the upside. And she looks hopefully, there's an upside? He's like, yeah, a little one. 
you uh you did the right thing Demi's surprised I did he's like yeah he says calling home showed good judgment you got into a situation you couldn't handle you were uncomfortable with it and you called home yeah he says you know you got yourself in an uncomfortable situation but you took control of it and I I gotta give props to Steph for even asking this she says so does good judgment cancel out shameless lying and he puts an armor on her so stuff let me put it this way before it can soar like an eagle a young baby bird must first stumble and fall and spend two whole weeks grounded in the nest with no tv and of course stephanie asks hey is that from your ziggy calendar and he says no but i'm thinking of submitting it for the next year's calendar that's pretty much it you know he takes her hand they stand up and they walk towards the door and leave You lied shamelessly. You went to a makeout party. You got in way over your head. Yeah, I, I'd say messed up big time. About covers it. I know. But on the upside. There's an upside. Small one. You uh, did the right thing. I did. Yeah. Calling home showed good judgment. You got yourself in an uncomfortable situation, but you took control of it. So does good judgment cancel out shameless lying? <laughs> Steph, let me put it this way. Before it can soar like an eagle, the young baby bird must first stumble and fall and spend two whole weeks grounded in the nest with no TV. Hey, is that from your Ziggy calendar? <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm thinking of submitting it. well that was the episode worst outfit of the episode i want to give it to jesse and that oversized white shirt it just looked ridiculous on him best outfit well you know actually runner up for worst outfit it's going to be dj with that white long sleeved button down shirt with the tie and the suspenders it's just like dj please i mean i liked your hair but it was just it was ridiculous best outfit of the episode i'm honestly you know what i didn't have a best episode uh, i didn't have a best outfit of the episode nothing really stuck out to me as wow i like that tanner teachable moment is just look if you realizing you're in over your head in a situation is half the battle the next step is to take control of the situation and actually do something about it whether it's calling home trying to get just get out of the situation, call home, call someone to pick you up, an Uber, but get out of the situation. And another thing, in referring to Jesse with this man, it's like, definitely take your own advice with like, you gotta let it go. You know, your old band, they dropped you for their own reasons. And if you want music in your life, then you need to... take charge and basically Jesse starts a, a hot daddy and the monkey puppets. But I mean, if you sit there sulking about why someone dropped you, whether from a, a breakup or you were replaced to sit there and dwell on the whys and the hows and the what have you's, it's like, it's not worth your time and you could take that time and energy and put it towards something positive. It's like, you know, that's on them. Just 
go out there and try to find something that is better for you. Those are my two Tanner Teachable moments of the episode. So, we've met Pete, we've met Bobby, and now in the last episode of Good Girls and Bad Boys, we will meet Ryan from Season 8, Episode... IMDb does not want to cooperate. Hold on. Season 8, Episode 22, All Stood Up. This is... April 4th, 1995, in this episode, Stephanie asks a boy to the dance, and he does not show. Danny goes to talk to him and embarrasses Stephanie. Jesse has to relax, but Kimmy and her distractions keep him from doing so. Yeah, isn't this with Oscar the ostrich that she has? Which, of course, is just like a puppet ostrich on a stick from behind a fence. Jesse's putting together... <laughs> A hammock for relaxation. Oh, you want to get relaxation? Don't go outside. Just especially if you're like neighbors on all sides of you. Go somewhere else. Go for a drive somewhere. Or take, you know. Yeah, just you need to relax. Arguing with your neighbor is not going to help that situation. He's got so many things. He's spread out so much that he is getting high blood pressure, which is not healthy. And even Becky says, I want you around for a real long time. Your health is important. You need to take care of yourself. So, yes. And we will meet Ryan, played by Andrew Keegan, next week. I hope you all have a great weekend. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com or you can message me on the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House Podcast Facebook page and if you'd like to go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast all five star reviews and ratings help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye, everyone.